We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to a week 16 edition of the Rotowire Sports Gambling Podcast, sponsored, of course, by BetMGM. Make sure you're using our promo code BETROTO, B E T R O T O, over at betmgm.com or on the BetMGM app if you're placing any NFL wagers this weekend. John McKechnie, you're out in Maryland. Uh, I'm still here in snowy, frigid, miserable Wisconsin, uh, but a, a huge weekend of football coming at us we're recording this one a little earlier uh due to the holiday travel uh so we're recording thursday around 11 a.m central um big game tonight uh, we will not talk about it just just due to the timing you know by the time you're hearing this uh there'll, there'll be just hours before the game of the century jets jags and uh john I, I take no pleasure in doing this but uh for for the the visual audience those watching along on youtube it's time to put the jags jersey on let's go Absolutely huge moment, folks. It's a little tight. It's a little tight. Uh, yep. So for those listening on audio, this is a Jalen Ramsey Jaguars jersey. It's a Blake Bortles era. Uh, the ones that had like a lot going on, like different sleeve colors. Uh, this is when the helmets were, were kind of two colored. Uh, it's got the Jags like kind of military patch on the front of the jersey. I actually love these jerseys and their, their new ones are fine, but uh, I, I don't really think they needed to switch for like the fourth time in a decade. Yeah, that you know, pick your spots, as it were. Uh, and can a leopard change its spots? Can a jaguar change its spots? Many are wondering. What's um, to say? Um, but I mean, that's a that's a legit looking uh, jersey, there, friend. I mean, are we, are we talking stitched and everything? We're talking stitched and everything. Oh yeah, these are stitched. Uh, everything's stitched. I, I actually, I'm, I'm gonna say it. Got this from China. Just a great product. Cost me less than twenty dollars. I, I can't, <laughs> I can't endorse it enough. Uh, but anyway. Uh, we don't want to talk too much Jags Jets. I was telling you, I'm a little concerned that that line continues to move in favor of the Jets. Uh, it's, it's not a must win for the Jags. It's a would be nice to win uh, to kind of give yourself a, a little bit of a cushion. But really, it's going to come down to week 18 uh, Jags Titans. And, and we will absolutely cross that bridge when we get there, John. Uh, but let's turn our attention to week 16. We, we once again uh, have 15 games to rifle through, of course, excluding that Thursday night game. Uh, really, I'm, I'm going to use the W word, kind of a wacky week. You know, a ton of low totals on the board. I think uh, Bucks Cardinals actually bumped back over 40. Uh, so that, that leaves us, I believe, with seven games now, just seven uh, with a total under 40. You know, we, we were talking on the XM show with, with Scott Pianowski and Tom Kesnick last night, and 
you know, both of those guys essentially said like, this is one of the worst fantasy weeks possible. And, you know, it, for gambling, it, it's, it's a little bit easier to parse, but uh, you know, the weather is a big factor here. And not only that, but we have a lot of bad quarterback on bad quarterback matchups, bad team on bad team, bad offense on bad offense. It, it's going to be fun to watch, but I, I think visually uh, that there might be some ugly games. Yes, no, it, and I'm going to be front and center for for one of uh, said ugly games. Uh, I believe the total in in this one uh, for the Ravens Falcons checking in at oof, uh, 37, 37 and a half. Um, oh, so we're my condolences. I know it's uh, you know it in August when it was decided that we were going to go to the game. It was like nice, like Christmas Eve, like that's going to be a lot of fun. Um, apparently, it's going to be the second coldest kickoff in Baltimore Ravens history. Um, so uh, your boy's going to need to uh, pay a visit to REI or something to uh, to uh, procure some long johns. Uh, do, you guys, maybe... do you guys have Gander Mountains out there? That's a, that's, maybe that's just a Wisconsin thing. I think it's just a Wisconsin thing. Um, so, yeah, pr- pretty much uh, it's an REI town uh, here in, in Bethesda, Maryland. But, um, you know, might, might need to get like one of those skull wraps to put under the Santa hat because I got to wear the Santa hat. <laughs> Uh, you know, tis the season and everything, but uh, yeah, that's going to be not there. It's one of those games that, I mean, nothing really takes the cake from Saints Browns, but oof, yeah, that we, we got some, some funk this week and I'm going to be, you know, like just right, right there in it. Uh, I actually do have one of those uh, Under Armour skull caps, I believe they're called, laying around from my uh, middle school football days. Uh, if you want to borrow that, I could maybe express ship it out to you. Uh, and hopefully it arrives uh, by by Saturday. But uh, yeah, you said it, man. It's 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 going to be ugly. I, I we still don't really know what the quarterback situation is in Baltimore. Let's start with that game. I mean, it's it's listed as the first game on Saturday. Uh, you know, J.K. Dobbins off the injury report. Tyler Huntley was actually added to the injury report. Limited participant on Wednesday due to some tendonitis in the shoulder. Doesn't seem like that's going to be a major issue, but. Obviously, we're, we're really watching closely the status of Lamar Jackson, and we, we may get an update during this pod. That would be ideal, um, but did not practice Tuesday, did not practice Wednesday. What's interesting is we're, we're seeing the Ravens as seven-point favorites at BetMGM. To me, that line implies that the belief is that Lamar is going to be able to play. Is that what that says to you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I don't think that Tyler Huntley, a Tyler Huntley-led team or an Anthony Brown led team would be favored by a touchdown against anybody, let, uh, let alone the Falcons. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if this comes down. Um, I, I, with, with two days worth of no practice for, for Lamar, obviously coming off of a couple of absences already, I feel very iffy about his status going into this one. And if it sticks at this number, or I would go ahead and, and try to get the Falcons at this number right now, um, before things move <clears throat> in regards to Lamar Jackson. But um, if Lamar plays, even then, I'm a little bit skeptical. I did take the Ravens in my column, but, you know, wrote that on Tuesday. And, you know, as, as the week has progressed, I, I'm feeling worse and worse about the Ravens' chances of, of doing that. And and obviously, I believe the Ravens have been the worst team against the the spread at home this year. I don't think they've covered a single spread uh, at the Big Crab Cake this year. Pretty poor showing for, you know, in front of the home crowd uh, there in Baltimore, but um, it's just kind of how it's been thus far this year. The Falcons, obviously, they they aren't without their own issues, but um, if this is a Tyler Huntley game, uh, then I, I think that we're looking at, at just kind of a classic rock fight, really, more than anything. 0-5-1 are the Baltimore Ravens ATS at home this season. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are the only other team uh, that has not covered at home, so you're right about that. Uh, 
you know, it, we'll kind of go with our, our normal method of, of breaking down the rest of these games. Uh, we'll look at some lines that are maybe a little too high, a little too low. We, we could go that way with totals as well. I mean, it's, it's pretty hard to make a, a case for why some of these totals should be any higher. Uh, I'll tell you that. But are there any lines to you as, as you look at the board at BetMGM that just look a, a little too high one way or the other? Um, so the, the ones that stood out to me uh, leading things off with, was the Bills going up against the the Bears. Obviously, you know, that's one of the bigger numbers on, on the board this week uh, with the Bills favored by nine and a half, it looks like uh, right now at BetMGM. Um, that just feels a little bit uh, too rich for my blood. I feel like that the the back door is wide open for, for Justin Fields and company to, to cover this spread. Um, I think that, you know, we, we saw it last week. Uh, the Bears didn't play a great game. But in the end, you know, they, they were safely within that number. But, uh, you know, when it was all said and done. Um, so I, I see something similar. I know that the Bills, um, you know, that I thought that the Dolphins really were impressive relative to, I think, everyone's collective expectations that they were going to get steamrolled last mm-hmm. Saturday. Um, I, I feel like the Bills on the road here, um, I, I just have trouble tr- trusting them to, to cover 10 points in, in this setup here. Yeah, I it's really tough. I mean, we're talking Kansas city, you know, they've, they've, they've kind of hurt me two weeks in a row. I, I don't mm-hmm. know where to go with the chiefs at this point. I, I, I they're the team that I, I just kind of fall back on them being really good and having Patrick Mahomes. And I'm kind of at a loss right now. So, I mean, totally fair. I mean, last week's game, pretty inexcusable. Um, you know, they, there've been a couple of times that this year where they've had the, the big number in front of them. I will say, I think that the Seahawks are ripe for a, another just cut like the the correction monster has come for them and it's going to continue this week so with that in mind i do think that the that the chiefs go ahead and, and cover this spread but i mean it, it's definitely not like a slam dunk or anything but i i think that seattle just they were playing way above expectations yeah. for such a large p- portion of the season it, it's and i think that it's coming crashing down this stage of the season I think we're going to continue to see Geno Smith maybe play his way out of the job or, or you know, play his way in, in such a such a fashion that the Seahawks have to consider, you know, a quarterback with one of their early draft picks, that type of thing. Whereas in October is like, wait a second, like they might have a guy for next year and, you know, they, they can just kind of figure it out. Um, right. But I, I'm thinking no here. I'm, I'm, I'm on the Chiefs, but I mean, obviously that that's a big number. Um, what did you make of um, the, let's see, the, the Niners? going up against the commanders, like seven and a half. Um, you know, obviously the commanders did not play well Sunday night, but, and the, the 49ers are really clicking right now and they'll be well rested relative to, to Washington uh, in this setup, having just played last Thursday. Mm-hmm. But I, I feel like it's almost too easy to, to pick the Niners in this one. And, and therefore yeah. I feel, I feel a little bit. Eh. Yeah. So one, one final note on Seattle, by the way, Kenneth Walker, no practice on Thursday, not trending toward playing at this point. That's big. Uh, could be a DJ Dallas, Travis Homer situation. And, and obviously no Tyler Lockett as well. Uh, Noah Fant, Marquise Goodwin uh, also out of practice. So th- things certainly moving in favor uh, of the chiefs there. And uh, to, to close the book on that, I, I once again, I'm going to take the plunge with the chiefs commanders. Niners is interesting. This number has held firm at seven all week that there's been a, a fair amount of movement elsewhere around the league. I mean, like you said, it, it does, fe- it does feel a little too easy and I would love for this to be at six and a half. Uh, if, if it went up at all, I, I think I would take Washington. The question to me is after losing to the giants and, you know, kind of now being on the outside, looking in uh, to, to the NFC playoff picture, like how does Washington bounce back? Like, are, are they, 
Are they devastated by that home loss? That was a game they were favored in. I, I liked Washington to win outright. We were on the Giants to cover, so, so that was nice. But I, I thought Washington would, would be in a really good spot. And, and we talked about the winner of that Giants-Washington game has the advantage the rest of the way. So how do they bounce back? I mean, there, there's some comments from Ron Rivera this week that maybe they go back to Carson Wentz. That's not exactly a, a ringing endorsement uh, of what they saw out of Taylor Heineke. Uh, but to me, it, you know, it's, it, it's a really rough spot on paper for Washington. So I, I guess I'm a little surprised that this line maybe hasn't moved just a bit more uh, commanders having to go all the way across the country to the Niners here. I mean, I, I think I'm, we're kind of waiting for like the Brock Purdy bubble to burst in some ways. And I'm not saying he's just going to like careen down and, and be this terrible quarterback, but it like to you it, is what he's done the last few weeks completely sustainable because the more I've dug into the numbers and, and kind of gone back and watched a lot of his throws, like I, I wouldn't say it's unsustainable, but I mean, he's, he's playing really, really well. And I think he's schemed extremely well. This is a better defense than the Seattle defense that went up against last week. But I, I just, I'm not really sure it matters right now. I mean, the 49ers feel like they're coming into each game with just an extreme amount of confidence. So I'm on the Niners in this game. I, I wouldn't say I feel great about it. Yeah. Uh, um. So w- when it comes to Purdy, it just feels like he's like the ultimate Shanahan, uh, I, I can I can make this work with with anybody. I can turn chicken, you know what, into chicken salad. Um, it, it does feel that way. But Purdy, you know, he there. We live in a world where just a couple of years ago, Purdy was talked about as a potential day one or day two uh, draft pick. Did not have a particularly good senior season, and therefore he he was Mister Irrelevant. But uh, you know, he's a guy who's got a lot of football under his belt, despite being a rookie. You know, being a four year starter at Iowa State. You know, Power Five school. So I think at the very least, like the system is such that like it just it works with his skill set extremely well. Like I thought that was a really nice match. But obviously coming, you know, on draft day, you figure like, okay, like he's sitting behind Trey Lance. He's, you know, Jimmy G is probably still going to be kicking around. Uh, So obviously we didn't expect him to to see the field this year or really be part of the the Niners plans or, you know, their Super Bowl aspirations, let alone. Um, But I think that he I think what he's doing is sustainable just because you know, even without Debo Samuel, just because it, it's designed so well to, to suit his skill set. They're not asking him to air it out, like as far as like putting it, putting the ball deep down the field. Uh, they're get, they've, you know, kind of unlocked George Kittle a little bit in Debo's absence. Mm-hmm. And I think that's been a really nice little, um, you know, development, um, su- you know, a supplemental piece of, the, of that offense. McCaffrey looks amazing right now. So um, everything's clicking and it's hard to, you know, really doubt Brock Purdy. I, I know it's, People want to almost like make the Tom Brady comp. Obviously, we're not we're not there yet or anything. But, um, you know, as far as being able to keep the keep things afloat, despite some tough situations, some tough conditions for San Francisco, I think Purdy's Purdy's well suited to do it. Yeah, I I go back to that that touchdown, the the first one to George Kittle uh, last week on Thursday, the like double fake to each side and then Kittle just leaks out wide open. I mean, there there are very few teams that are scheming plays like that, especially for you know, a seventh round rookie, uh, trusting him in those situations. And it's just, it, you know, you, you just tip your cap to the coaching staff in those situations. So yeah, the more we talk about this, you know, like the one thing that kind of worries me when the 49ers have a big number is they're not, they're not really a team that's all that interested in blowing teams out. And we saw it against Seattle, you know, they, they got that lead and they just, they're more than comfortable sitting on it, you know, and that's kind of been a hallmark of Kyle Shanahan teams is like when they get up and they feel comfortable, they're not exactly a, a pour it on, type of team, you know, unless it kind of comes by default, you know, it, we, there's, they've had some games where like the tackling, I, I think it was the Arizona game uh, oh, yeah. in, in Mexico where it's like Arizona just gave up. I don't really think the 49ers were, were trying to blow them out necessarily, uh, but they had no choice. 
And I, I don't think Washington's that type of team. Like the, the implied score in this game is like 22, 15, 23, 16, something like that. I, you know, I, I, I this is one that I could just totally see pushing. Okay. All right. Yeah. Again, with it being at seven can, yeah, that, yeah. that feels we're, we're at push risk, push watch. Yeah. We're, uh, at, for, we're for definitely at a big push watch here. Um, I, I want to ask you about the bucks who are up to seven and a half point favorites. They are on the road at Arizona, you know, in theory, this is like not a, not a great spot, you know, long travel. Uh, obviously it's not a, a fantastic home field advantage for Arizona. You could argue there's no home field advantage whatsoever. I mean, Tampa Bay has been one of the worst ATS teams all year. I think they've only covered twice. They continue to be favored. Uh, they've only been dogs two times this year. One of those uh, of course was last week. I, yeah, I understand it. Obviously no Kyler Murray, no Colt McCoy. Uh, it's going to be Trace McSorley. I assume uh, I would not be surprised if we, we see some David Blau, in this game as well. You know, if you're talking fantasy, like I would not be comfortable picking up McSorley because I don't know if he finishes this game. He looked awful last week against Denver, but on the flip side, seven and a half. I mean, that is a big number to trust this Bucks offense with They're, you know, they, they had a, they probably, probably played maybe their best first half of the year last week against Cincy and then came out with turnovers or punts on five straight drives to begin the second half. So as much as I'm down on Arizona, I, I, I want to be very clear. I have no respect for the Arizona Cardinals, but I don't have much respect for Tampa either. So th- this one is actually trickier to me than it probably should be. It, it, exactly. Like uh, I hate trusting Tampa Bay with, with, the, with this type of number, especially with, with it being on the road. But as someone who oddly enough has seen a lot of Trace McSorley in my day, um, I, I think COVID year, he might've started a game or at least played a decent chunk uh, for, for Baltimore actually. So uh, I've seen it. And it's not good, man. It's not good. It, in fact, it's very bad. Um, so I think that the Cardinals are absolutely on shutout watch. And therefore, I think that the Bucks can score 10 points. And I, I think that that honestly might be enough for them to cover this spread. Like it's it's going to be so bad with McSorley. They, they he's like he's he's got like lacrosse athleticism. Right. So that that's not that's nice if you're playing like pickup basketball. But uh, an NFL game, like he's not going to be able to, to light it up. Uh, he's not, he's not like the, those runs, those lanes that he thinks are open for him. They're going to close up rather quickly and he's going to get lit up. Um, so yeah, I, I'm with you. I, I would not be surprised to see David Blau in this one, either by injury or poor performance for, from McSorley. And, you know, as gross as it is, I, I do like Tampa in this spot. It's hard not to, right? I mean, it's like, how do you, how do you possibly like even build a case for the Cardinals other than just saying like Tampa Bay is not that good. And, and, you know, that's not a, not fantastic analysis. I understand that, but yeah, this just feels like a, a, a bone is being thrown from the heavens to Tampa Bay, because I think if Kyler Murray, you know, what was playing in this game or even Colt McCoy, I think this could be a game that the Bucks could, could honestly lose straight up. They have proven that they can lose to anybody on any week. So I think if you're, if you're New Orleans, Carolina, Atlanta, uh, you're, you're, you're a little peeved. Uh, at the situation that that Tampa Bay is kind of being gifted here, but yeah, it, it's hard for me to to see Tampa Bay losing this game straight up. And I'm with you. I'm I'm gonna kind of have to swallow the seven and a half. I think we got it at like five and a half or six in staff picks at least. But uh, yeah, that's that's gonna be a gross one. That's for sure. And and that is our Sunday night game, by the way. I know. So, uh, enjoy that one. That's that's the uh, you know we're gonna be coming in hot off of Broncos Rams in the afternoon window, and then we're treated to Bucks Cardinals to finish out Christmas night. Yeah, I think. Uh... I think the the ratings gods are just hoping that everyone has tuned to the TV and went uh, before they like fall asleep in front of the yeah. TV um, and just keep the keep the keep the TV on uh, for that because otherwise like there's yep. not a whole lot of reason to be to be tuned in 
uh, particularly intently on, on this one. It's going to be back, nice little background fodder more than anything. That might be one where I flip over to the uh, the, the late NBA game. Uh, I think you know maybe maybe, maybe have have Bucks Cardinals on on flashback. You know if you got two TVs, if, if you're living you know in the, the life of luxury, um, mm-hmm. you know then, then then maybe you can watch both. But uh, not going to be fun, that's for sure. Uh, how about the Buffalo Bills? Eight and a half point favorites on the road at Chicago. Uh, feels like the Bears have been in these situations frequently of late. They they covered last week. Um, yeah, I actually I made the Vikings my best bet. Uh, we, we know that went up in smoke. They win the game. They don't cover. Uh, we'll get to that later. Uh, but in staff picks, I went with Philly. And to be totally honest, John, I, I, look, I've made a lot of bad picks this year. Uh, I'm not going to run from that. I think anybody who's been following my picks knows that. Best bets have not gone well. I, I feel like that was the right pick. I mean, Jalen Hurts throws two picks in the first half. Jake Elliott misses a 38-yard field goal, which capped off a 19-play drive. Miles <laughs> Sanders just has like an unforced fumble deep in his own territory. That leads directly to a Bears touchdown two plays later. And the Eagles still led by double digits with under three minutes left in this game. And they had multiple miscommunications, just blown coverages that allowed Chicago uh, to tack on a late touchdown. And then, of course, Philly you know gets a first down and they go into shutdown mode, kind of similar to what we saw uh, from Green Bay, uh, who had a, a very frustrating end to that game against the Rams if you were on the over. Uh, so so that was I'm, – I'm chalking that up to a personal bad beat. Um, but now, you know – not only are the Bills kind of in that zone where every week you 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 kind of you kind of give them the benefit of the doubt and they they kind of continue to put up these these wins but these less than convincing wins so is eight and a half too much on the road? I would say it is. Um, I, I think that you just I just am so in on Justin Fields right now that like even if the rest of the team is falling apart around him, which for the most part it, it honestly is, um, I still think that he's someone that that keeps the Bears afloat and and like you said you know the the bills stacking wins but they're not looking like world beaters right now i think that they're just kind of like ready for january to start because i mean they, they have one goal in mind of course and, th- and that's the super bowl so they're just kind of playing out the string here a little bit that you know they got pushed around a good bit that i thought that they were beneficiaries of some uh nice home cooking as far as the the officiating went last week against the dolphins um, I just don't I don't like them to to cover by this much mm-hmm. on the road in Chicago that 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 leaves open a lot of liability, especially when you have someone like Justin Fields to worry about where he can, you know, on, on one drive, right. uh, you know, get get the back door uh, right there for you. So I, I'm not on the bills this week. I, I will take the Bears as big home dogs yet again. Yep. I'm on Chicago as well. I, I just, I never feel good about these situations. You know, you're kind of just waiting for you know, it's kind of the same thing we talked about with KC. It's like, all right, how many times can they really fall flat here and you're kind of waiting for that explosion game but with buffalo i mean it's literally eight straight weeks we've been waiting for this they are one six and one ats in their last eight games Uh, i got got a couple more notes here teams with a 65 percent win percentage or better versus teams with a 25 win percentage 25 percent win percentage or lower since 2016 71 104 and three ats since 2020 those teams are covering at only a 34.5 percent clip so even if you're off Chicago and you think this is a team that has nothing outside of fields, like the numbers are, are in favor of the bears in this situation. And this is one of over half the games on the slate where you have to look at the weather and kickoff forecast on Saturday in Chicago, seven degrees. It's going to feel like well below zero, 22 mile per hour winds, not going to be dealing with any snow, but like soldier field late in the season is always just a gross environment. The, the grass is like brownish gray. Mm-hmm. You're always wondering, it's like, is this even safe to play on? Uh, so I, I think this could be a 
a very low scoring game. Uh, we're seeing the total right now down at 40 and a half. That has to be the lowest by far in any Bills game this season. And look, I don't see the Bills losing this game, but I also don't see them just completely blowing Chicago out. I don't I don't know if it's possible to you know put up a bunch of points in these conditions. Right. I mean, is it would it be too easy to to make the parallel to to week one with the 49ers going into Chicago? I mean, obviously it was warm, but, you know, same level of just kind of miserable uh, yeah. conditions there. So and oddly enough, like I know that Josh Allen can, has like the strongest arm in the league. So when doesn't theoretically affect him as much as it does others. But at a certain point, you know, it, the ball is going to be rock hard. It's going to be slippery. And, you know, we're talking about, again, 22 mile an hour winds whipping. Um, and are the Bills able to just kind of adjust on the fly and, and really just kind of pound the rock with, with Singletary and James Cook? Like, I, I question that. I don't think that either of those guys are those workhorse type of dudes. So, I mean, is are they going to really expose Allen to a bunch of designed runs? This just doesn't feel so. like the, the type of setup that, that particularly – uh, suits Buffalo to to really like run their offense the, the way that they like to. So uh, w- with that in mind, also you know them being a little bit out of their element, off their game. I, I you know talk myself into being even more confident uh, in Chicago to to cover this, not to win, but to cover. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, nine of the last twelve Bills games have gone under. I to answer your question, I, I think they can pound the ball against Chicago, but I, I think that also plays into our low scoring narrative, you know, that's going to lead to long drives. You're bleeding clock. You're not putting up 30 plus points. You know, I, I could see this, you know, being like a, a 20 to 13 type of win for the Buffalo bills where you, you just, you know, you do the bare minimum, you get out, you get your victory and you get home for Christmas. I, I think, yeah, like you said, I, you don't want to be exposing Josh Allen to potential, you know, injury prone type of plays this late in the season in these conditions, not only is the ball going to be rock hard, that's going to affect the kicking game, but the field, is going to be, you know, basically an ice rink as well. So, um, yeah, again, I, I don't see the Bills losing this game, but I, I think the Bears can just kind of do what they've done all season and, and find ways uh, to keep these games close uh, against and, really good teams. And one one last thing. When when Josh Allen was coming out, everyone talked about how big the hands were. Why okay. does he fumble so much? Right. Well, that's the thing. The deal? These conditions, these are, fu- these are fumble prone conditions. And that's, that's something, I mean, we saw it with Philly last week too. Um, you know, when it, when it's cold, like I'm not necessarily worried about Josh Allen throwing the ball. Like you said, it's more, you know, how many, like, I, I think you lead to a higher drop rate, a higher fumble rate, those, those variance type of plays that that could keep an underdog in the game. Yeah. So, I mean, Allen needs to take better care of the ball. Like I, I yeah. thought that, you know, he was fortunate to, to get that what was a two point conversion uh, last week or was that a touchdown? Um, e- either way, the, the play at the goal line, yep. um, there, there are a couple other just kind of sloppy. He's holding the ball out and, you know, defenses know to, to hunt for the ball like that. So, I, I, you know, it wouldn't surprise me to, to see a sort of game changing fumble, at least as it comes to, mm-hmm. to the to the spread here. So, yeah, uh, uh, I'm, I'm definitely concerned about that. If, I, if I'm Buffalo, the ball security needs to be uh, just hammered down. Uh, this week otherwise you know this one could be a lot more dicey than they would hope for another game in the early window on Saturday and I want to go to some spreads that are maybe a little too low and I have this in the the questionable territory for me have the Detroit Lions uh, not earned our respect should they be more than two and a half point favorites at Carolina I think so Um, you know I I thought that uh, their win last week was impressive obviously you know I was Jets as my as my best bet last week and you know at the same at the same time i really liked carolina to cover against pittsburgh and they basically had a no show i thought that carolina had kind of started to you know enter scrappy territory and and you know to to lose like that to to the stillers um 
I, I'm pretty discouraged by that. So, you know, with, with, with all that in mind, I, I feel like it, it's almost too easy again to, to go with the Lions here. But, I mean, what's the case against them right now? I mean, Carolina is just, frankly, not a good team. They, they have, like, you know, some pieces on that defense, like Brian Burns, like J.C. Horn, um, all that. But, uh, I mean, offensively, kind of a mess in general. Not, no real identity there to, to speak of. Um, I think that the Lions are going to know that Carolina wants to run the ball. They're, they're going to be able to, to kind of sell out to stop that, make Darnold beat them. Um, so I, I do like the Lions a good bit, and I'm surprised to see it down um, at this number, especially after you know their, their ability to go into New York last week. Seven straight covers for the Detroit Lions. Uh, they have not covered seven games in a season, not consecutively since 2011. Uh, and, you know, the Jared Goff indoor-outdoor narrative, like, yes, he's better indoors. We know that. He's 25-13 and 13 career ATS indoors. Outdoors, though, it's not as disastrous maybe as you'd think. He's 30, 32, and 2 outdoors ATS. So, I mean, it's not it's not like he's only covering at like a 20% clip. I mean, it's basically 50-50. Uh, so I, I think that narrative is maybe a little bit overblown. Looking at the weather in Charlotte, about 25 degrees at kickoff, uh, 10, 11 mile per hour winds. I mean, that's by this week's standards, that's really not that bad. Have you seen the, the picture? I think it was from North Carolina when they had a snowstorm a couple of years ago. And there's just like, a, like there's cars just like, in in the shoulder one of them's on fire for some reason like <laughs> i'm kind of like i'm conjuring up the those thoughts because tw- the uh, as someone who lives in atlanta we're not used to that like at 25 degrees uh south of virginia that that becomes like biblical ap- apocalyptic type of ter- territory right. as far as the weather is concerned so people are going to be icicles in, in the stands there and and yeah that's going to be it's going to be tricky for for the panthers here um I definitely feel feel good about uh, the Lions in this spot. And like, like you said, I think that Goff, I think just being a Cali bro and being as chill as he is, I, I think that a lot of people just kind of write him off as far as like, you know, late season, outdoors, tough conditions. But like you said, he's actually just about average there. He's not, he's not any worse than any other guy. The case for Carolina is the Lions are, are still dead last in rush defense EPA. It's gotten better though. Yeah, I, I think they were so bad the first half of the season that it's still dragging down a lot of their season long numbers. I mean, the, the Lions defense is still not good. I'm not making that case, but it's not, it's not nearly as disastrous as it was earlier in the year. But I think the case for Carolina is this is one of those games, unlike last week where you are able to keep it on the ground, you're able to control the clock. You're able to keep this a low scoring game. Um, and you know, if you're Carolina, you want this to be you know a field goal type of game coming down to the end. And I, I also feel like there's, right or wrong, there's kind of this general narrative that's like, the Lions can't keep this up. You know, I think a lot of people thought they were going to get tripped up last week. I think if Mike White plays in that game, they probably do. Uh, of course, they get the, the late touchdown, you know, on, on fourth down to your backup tight end. Uh, that, that was a, a crushing, crushing play for the Jets defense. But I, I think that's factored in too. It's like, it, it almost feels like it, this has been too good to be true, you know, this latest run for Detroit. Yeah, I mean, it. It's gotta, it's gotta come down eventually. I just don't think uh, Caroline is the team to, to show them uh, that reality. Um, another uh, spread that seems a little bit low in, in my eyes, Cincinnati only giving three in New England. Um, you know, Cincinnati, I believe, is six and two against the spread away from, from Paul Brown uh, th- this year. Uh, things looked really dicey there for a minute, obviously, against mm-hmm. Tampa Bay. And then they showed up and showed everyone who they really are. And uh, Bengals, I mean, I kind of like them to win it all right now. I mean, mm-hmm. and I don't think that the Patriots are suited to stop them. And I, I wonder how much, you know, mental hangover there's going to be 
from that last play uh, last week. I mean, that was, to me, one of the most satisfying plays I've ever seen in my entire life. To, to see a Bill Bel- Belichick coach team screw up that bad and like the, just like the visceral image of Chandler Jones just shoving Mac Jones into the ground. And then um, uh, was it Jacoby Myers who said afterward – Mac was open. I, I thought he was going to make a yeah. play. That was one of the <laughs> just an wild impeccable quote. spin zone. It, like one of the best spin zones you, you'll yep. ever hear. And yeah, I mean, I just think that I like the, the Raiders in that one. That that was a, a very, very fortunate cover from them last week. Um, you know, and they were only favored by like a point. Um, but yeah, I just I think the Patriots are, are just a bad team right now. And I, I think that the Bengals are that are those dudes that you don't want to see right now. So I think that they're going to go into New England, take care of business. Mm -hmm. I'm with you, man. Uh, The the Bengals have been very profitable for us this year. I mean, they've covered six straight during this six game winning streak. Joe Burrow is 18 and three ATS in his last 21 starts. I mean, it's, it's been, it's been convincing, you know, when they win games, they, they, they win them big. And I I came, you know, I, I think some people would maybe give a slight downgrade to Cincinnati for how they played in that first half. It was ugly. They were down 17, nothing. I feel better about Cincinnati coming out of that game. I think the way that they were able to rally back, you know, they, they faced some adversity, especially these last two weeks during this win streak. It's gotten, there's a few games that have become dicey. I mean, that Pittsburgh game, they allowed 30 points. They still win, still cover uh, against Cleveland. You know, you lose your second and third receiver immediately, still grind out a win in that game. Tampa Bay, you're down 17, nothing. It looks like Tampa Bay is finally rolling on offense. And then you absolutely come out and stomp them. You put up 31 points in the second half. I mean, they've, they've been the best second half team this year. They're allowing eight points per game in the second half. And I think that's something that around midseason we started to talk about, you know, Cincinnati halftime adjustments, how, how great they've been. It, it just continues week after week after week. I think that that coaching staff, especially on defense, maybe hasn't gotten enough credit. No, I, I don't think so either. So, so what, whatever's, go, whatever's going on at halftime, I don't know if they're doing like deliver King, just like having some bone broth or something in the Very locker possible. room, whatever, whatever it is, man, uh, it's cooking, it's working. Um, and, and Joe Burrow, that's a scary, dangerous man right now. Um, so I, and Mac Jones, uh, just like a little puppy by comparison. I, I, I think that this is, this is going to be another sobering one for, for, uh, for new England here. So I, I definitely, uh, lo- love, love the Bengals by, by more than three in this one. And, and generally like that, it should make me feel a little bit like, you know, am I, should I need to second guess this one if I'm thinking the line is that far off? Not in this case. I, I feel like that um, the Bengals aren't getting quite enough uh, re- respect in this mm-hmm. particular spot. Um, and then last one, you know, what, what do you do with the Titans right now? Um, because, oh, they, you know, they're four-point favorites. The Texans have been the, the definition of, you know, like scrappy the, these last couple of weeks against the Chiefs uh, and the Cowboys respectively. Um is is this a good spot for for Houston to to cover? I just I have a hard time trusting Houston when when the numbers inside a touchdown. That that's kind of where yeah. I come down on it. Yeah, I mean they, they obviously they've they've covered two in a row against two good teams, but you're talking you know Mondo spreads there. I think what fourteen and like seventeen and a half against Dallas. Yeah. So yeah, this this makes me a little nervous. It's down to three and a half at BetMGM. Uh, I, I locked in the Texans uh, plus four and a half in staff pick. Still didn't feel good about it. That was before we had the official news on Ryan Tannehill. I, you know, obviously we've, we've seen the Titans already take care of the Texans with Malik Willis at quarterback. So the, the blueprint is there. Derrick Henry should be able to run wild on this defense. I, I don't, I don't really know that there's a big difference between 
super hobbled Ryan Tannehill, which is basically what we've gotten for the last month, and Malik Willis. I, I think Tannehill was limited to the point that it really did change his effectiveness. So I, I don't really, you know, obviously this puts the Titans in a tough spot. They're going to have to grind out this game to a degree that they'd probably not prefer to. But yeah, I, I still, I, I like Tennessee here. I, I think this could be a, you know, 17 to 13 type of game that, you know, you, you're, you're, you walk away pretty frustrated if you were on Houston. Uh, no Damian Pierce is big. Uh, and still, I mean, this Titans defense, even with all the attrition in the secondary, I mean, to be able to hold the Chargers to 17 last week, that showed me a lot. I know they lost that game, but I thought that was going to be high scoring. I, I thought Tennessee was going to get, you know, thrown all over by Justin Herbert. And I think that defense showed up. And, you know, they, even if Ryan Tannehill doesn't play the rest of the year, I mean, they are still controlling their own destiny for that division. I don't think they're just packing it in here. They they need to keep winning. They absolutely need to win this game to, to try to avoid, you know, going into that winner-take-all week 18 at Fred Taylor Field with Malik Willis likely starting that game. So it's, uh, yep. Yeah. <laughs> you threw me with it with the Fred Taylor Field, uh, field thing. But, um, you know, well, yeah, the, the Titans right now, that they have, they've obviously come come back to earth a little bit. Um, that you know they got hot uh, in October, but it's at the end of the day, it's still the Texans. It's not a big number to cover. I, I'll take Tennessee, but I, I'm I'm holding my nose while, while doing so. I like the under on thirty five and a half. There that's we not go. A sentence. That's not a sentence that I, I say very often, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think the the counter to that is if if you really think Derrick Henry, you know, this could, this could be one of those like you know hundred eighty yard two, three touchdown days. Like maybe that's what single-handedly uh, pushes this one over. But as of right now, I, I think, you know, Houston knows what's coming and the blueprint with Malik Willis has been, we are handling him with the, the largest, thickest kid gloves possible. So I, I don't <laughs> think Tennessee, you know, that they're there. If Derrick Henry carries the ball 31 times in this game, I, I think they're totally fine with that. I mean, I, I don't know what the, uh, the prop is for Malik Willis pass attempts. We'd have to look into that, but that, that might be another under for me as well. Uh, one more game that I have in the potentially too low, category and part of this is because the line continues to move Miami down to minus four against Green Bay I know at some other unnamed inferior shops uh, it's down to three and a half Uh, that line opened at six on Monday that was after Green Bay uh, you know just walloped the the Baker Mayfield Rams at Lambeau (laughs) Field I I, I don't know what to do this game obviously you know Green Bay needs it but Miami also needs it I don't think Green Bay really showed me anything this past week. I think they were kind of a lock to win that game no matter what. It's big that A.J. Dillon, uh, who left that game with a, a suspected concussion, uh, has been cleared from protocols. He's going to be available. That That's huge for Green Bay, the way he's playing. But this comes down to, do you trust the Green Bay defense against Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle? And for me, that is a no. So so as of right now, with this number at four, I really like Miami. If it was at six, you know, six and a half, then, then maybe you start to think about it. But I just... In years past, this would be one of those spots where you're like, Aaron Rodgers, I'm not picking against him. He's winning this game. I just don't feel that way about him and this Packers team this year. No, I, I don't either. Um, you know, you will say that, you know, Rodgers may be affected less by playing on Christmas than, than most other quarterbacks. Um, he, he simply doesn't care. But at, at the same time, um, yeah, my, Miami, they got to have this one. And they showed me a lot last week dis- despite uh, losing in Buffalo. I, I really think that, you know, us included, we're, we're comfortable taking the Bills by more than a touchdown in, in that one. And, you know, they, they came out ready to rock. And I, I think that this this Packers secondary, um, they're they're in for a long day, um, especially with this one being in Miami. So, you know, pretty neutral conditions as far as the passing game is concerned. So I, I feel like, we, you know, the fact that Jalen Waddle kind of got back to being himself last week 
Um, I think that bodes extremely well for Miami, not just this week, um, but but for the rest of the season. So having having the the you know double barrel action of of him and Hill, that's just too much to contain for for this Packers secondary from what we've seen from it. If you do like Green Bay, the Packers are nine and one ATS when they're a dog of three or more points under Matt Lafleur. Uh, so you know, talking the last like three seasons here, I mean that there is some some recent trend to to imply that Green Bay could hang around, but you know a lot of those wins came under dramatically different situations for Green Bay when when Devontae Adams was still a member of this team. I look, I hope Green Bay wins. I, I think it'd be fun, you know, if they could really make this interesting, and and you know we could potentially have Jags Titans and Packers Lions. <clears throat> excuse me, as wildcard play-in games in week 18. That's the most fun scenario. But to be honest, I, I came away from that Buffalo game, even though Miami lost again, I came away feeling much better about Tua, much better about that offense. I, I thought that was going to be you know, a potential smash spot for Buffalo and really it was anything but. Yeah, no, it really was. Um, I, I didn't think the Tua would be able to to throw it in those conditions. He was dropping dimes. Like he was, he was, he was sharp as hell. Uh, I, I thought on, on Saturday night, it, you know, again, they played well enough to win. They just didn't, you know, that 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 can happen against yep. the Bills. That's pretty forgivable. But I think at home against this Packers team, I, I like them to to uh, to hold serve and, and cover the spread. And the other thing too is they were able to run the ball on Buffalo. That that was not expected. And look, if you can if you could rack up running yards uh, against the Buffalo Bills, you could probably do it against the worst running defense by by some metrics in the league in the Green Bay Packers. So that. That worries me as well. I mean, if this is a a game where Raheem Mostert, you know, rips off like a forty-five yard touchdown, that that like the Green Bay just, I don't think they can recover from that. I I don't know if you'll find a bigger Raheem Mostert truther than than me. I I've been been a fan of his since I was covering the Big Ten for RotoWire, my first paid gig at RotoWire. I was like, who's this guy? He's getting like fifteen yards a touch, and he's like playing receiver and running back and running all these kickbacks for touchdowns. Obviously, health has been you know the the big kind of like. Uh, you know, mark against him thus far in his career. But when he's healthy, that dude, that dude can absolutely play. And uh, it was good to see him, uh, you know, turning it out last Saturday. All right, John. So we both lost our best bets last week. You were on the Jets minus one. That's, that's tough. We had to lock that in at the time. We thought Mike White was starting for the Jets. Uh, I was with you on that one. I, I, I had the Jets in, in a bunch of spots and, you know, still almost won it with Zach Wilson. Uh, but, but that one lost. I, I was on the Vikings as my best bet. Vikings storm back and win that game. Just a brutal non-cover. Um, yep. you know, they had they had a chance to cover it. It's, like, it's amazing. They were down thirty-three nothing and had a decent chance to cover that game. Uh, came up just short though. So d- d- during that overtime, how hard were you? Or like, which stage of grief were, were you in? Like, I was I was in bargaining until yes. the ball was kicked. Like, I was like, no, no, they they can't pack this in. They're 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 no. going to get a first down here. It's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. It was not fine. It was, I mean, it was such a, so it was such a fine. good drive, you know, too. Like you're thinking, oh yeah, they might rip off a touchdown here. Like Dalvin Cook had just had that long screen pass touchdown. Uh, the indie defense was, was just completely worn out at that point. And yeah, of course the, the drive sputters and they get the field goal. I mean, obviously you're not faulting the Vikings for uh, taking the points there. You know, you don't, you don't like, <laughs> yeah. gotta go for it on fourth down to, to get the cover. But uh, yeah, I was in the bargaining phase. I was in the, the why me phase. <laughs> I think that's one of them as well. I've been in that one quite a bit this season. It's just been one long like 16 weeks of, of why me uh, and that that could very well continue tonight with, with this Jags Jets game. Uh, but by virtue of us both losing the best bets, we will once again alternate the read and, and I will start us off here. Kick off week 16 of the NFL season with the king of sportsbooks. Sign up at BetMGM using our promo code BetRoto. That's B-E-T-R-O-T-O. And your first wager at BetMGM is risk-free up to $1,000. 
Visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions. Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Michigan, Mississippi, Nevada, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, Puerto Rico, Tennessee, Virginia, Washington, D.C., West Virginia, Wyoming, or Ontario only. Must be 21 years or older to wager, 19 or older if you're in Ontario, eh? Yeah, nice little benefit if you're in Ontario. Uh, This is a new customer offer only. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards are issued as non-refundable, excuse me, non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance, and this excludes Michigan disassociated persons. Please, 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 especially on Christmas weekend, please gamble responsibly. Please gamble responsibly. Indeed, if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona, 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, D.C., Kansas, Louisiana, Nevada, Wyoming, or Virginia, 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan, 1-800-GAMBLER in Indiana, Maryland, New Jersey, or West Virginia, 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa, 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico, call 877 877- Eight Hope NY or text Hope NY in New York. Call or text the Tennessee Red Line at 800 889 9789 in Tennessee or call 1 888 777 in Mississippi. In Ontario, if you have questions or concerns about your gambling or the gambling of someone close to you, please contact Connects Ontario at 1 866 531 2600 to speak to an advisor free of charge. Sports betting is void in Georgia, Hawaii, Ohio, and Utah, as well as all other states where prohibited. Promo offers not available in Nevada and New York. All right, uh, John, let's get back to the Week 16 slate. And, you know, I, I was just kind of hoping we could maybe, uh, you know, kind of under the cover of night just not talk about this game, but we, we have to do it. It's our obligation. Saints-Browns. Browns are three-point favorites at BetMGM. This total... Uh, it's actually on the rise. It's up to 32 and a half, still uh, the lowest total of the week, but not by as much as you think. Uh, I went and looked back on, on our tool on roadwire.com, uh, which you can check out under the NFL gambling tab. This is the, the lowest total since at least 2011. Uh, you know, kind of, kind of varies by book and, and, you know, where you get the, the line close at, but uh, not surprising when you see a number this low. And yet, you know, I, I think this is a an interesting one because obviously the weather is the primary factor here. But even if this game was played in like Boca Raton in 70 degree weather, I, I still don't know if this is a total that sits over 40. Uh, but we're looking at a, a kickoff conditions of, of about nine degrees with a 35 percent chance of snow, 28 mile per hour winds. That's not gusts. That's just like the consistent wind. <laughs> oh, man. So that that's going to be a miserable uh experience if, you, if you're going to that game uh, oof, uh have your hot toddies ready um but you know beyond, beyond that yeah i i feel like i like you know just how you were saying i don't believe i'm saying this but i like the under 35 in, in that one game uh i like the under in this one like th- this legitimately smells like 10-7 um i, I could really see that it, and maybe even 10 to 3 maybe we only get one touchdown from from this thing i mean it, it could be that bad. I feel like that, um, you know, this is not going to be great conditions for Watson to be throwing in. He looked a little bit better last week. Um, but I, I do feel like the the Saints are, you know, they're, they're somewhat competent against the run. They certainly didn't show it last week against the Falcons, of course. That was that was a buzzkill uh, of a non-cover for, from them. I really like the Saints in that spot uh, to 
miss it by a point. Still reeling from it a little bit, as you can tell. But, you know, as far as, as picking a side in this one, I mean, two and a half, I, I guess I'm on Cleveland to, to get it done here. Um, but, you know, th- this is certainly not a game that anyone's feeling good about any particular side here. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with Cleveland uh, and the under, you know, I'm, again, I'm thinking something in the in the 10-7, 10-3 uh, type of range. So I feel like the under is is honestly a little bit safe, as it were. This is one where I'm wondering, it's like, a, is everybody, you know, expecting this to be such a gross game that somehow, it, you know, it ends up being like a game played in the low 20s? I don't know. I, I have no idea. Andy Dalton has been... Better than you think in cold weather throughout his career. Obviously, a lot of those games came years ago uh, as a member of the, the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, good news for the Cleveland side. Nick Chubb uh, was back at practice today. Uh, he had been limited all week. There was some question about his availability. Never really seemed like he, he wasn't going to play, but uh, still a chance he's not at 100%. I, I think th- this one, from a, from a spread perspective, like I'm on Cleveland. Uh, luckily, we got it at two and a half in staff picks. At three, <laughs> I don't know, man. This, this is just, this is the stay away of the year. Potentially, um, you know, I, I think the Saints, they, obviously they, they they hang on and they beat the Falcons last week. That was a game that they easily could have lost. They, they dominated for three quarters. If Drake London doesn't cough the ball up late in the fourth quarter, uh, that would have gotten pretty dicey. Uh, you know, a, a potential uh, you know, field goal at the end of that drive ties the game. A touchdown obviously wins it. So I, I think we come away saying like, all right, yeah, Saints took care of business. It wasn't as convincing as you'd think. But at the same time, I mean, the Browns have been anything but convincing these last few weeks. And uh, this is this is not a Deshaun Watson environment to me. You know, he has not played a lot of games in these type of conditions and he hasn't looked good in, in domed conditions. He hasn't looked good in non eight degree, 30 mile per hour wind conditions. So I, I don't, I, I don't really see this as being a great spot for Cleveland either. So I'm, I'm staying away. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's the responsible advice to be, to be giving on this one. Like we just talked about gambling responsibility responsibly. Yes. Uh, this is one to may, maybe leave off the plate this week. Yeah. Michigan disassociated persons. Listen up, stay away from this game. Don't even think don't, about it. Don't dip uh, on down to, to Ohio. Don't do it. Um, I, I did like your mention of Boca Raton. Did you see that, that I recreated the Lane Kiffin picture? Uh, uh, yeah, of course I saw who didn't see it. Yeah. I mean, it, it was, it was all over Twitter is exploding, but um, yeah, had, had to pay homage to, to the house that, that Lane built. Uh, while I was passing through Boca Raton, go Owls. Yeah, you can check that out on, on John's Twitter, at John's Tailgate. Uh, John, let's get to Giants-Vikings. We've not mentioned this game yet. Uh, obviously, you know, Vikings coming off of a, I mean, the roller coaster of all roller coaster games last Saturday. Uh, you know, get, get a, I wouldn't say extra rest, but more rest than the Giants have coming into this game. They, of course, played Sunday night. So the extra uh, kind of day and a half, if you want to look at it that way, for Minnesota. They're once again playing at home. It feels like every game is at home for Minnesota. It's like five of their <laughs> last six, I, I think. Uh, kind of a weird schedule for them. That, that's that been a big benefit. Uh, so we're not worried about weather in this game as such. This has one of the highest totals of the week up at 48. I'm on the Giants to cover this game. And I, I'm on Minnesota to win, but I, I think we get a – this is a classic 27-24 situation. So I, I took the Vikings, but not strong on it. Um, and I, I could definitely see myself waffling on that one by the time that, that we get to kick off on Saturday. I mean, uh, you know, the giants are just, a, you know, a tough team. They're, they're not overly talented, of course, but they, they showed what, you know, their vision, their theory on, on Sunday night, when it, when it gets executed, it looks a little bit like, like, like what we saw in Washington. And I think that, you know, after just such a nuts game for, for the Vikings last week, it might be tough to just turn around, even with the, the little bit, of extra rest and really be sharp. I don't know if, if 
you know, being down 33 points to Jeff Saturday was the wake up call of all wake up calls, or this is something where we continue to kind of question how legitimate the Vikings are. And I'm leaning towards the latter here. So, you know, as you know, from where I started this one to where I'm ending it. Yeah. I think I've just talked myself into, into the G men. Yeah. I think Saquon Barkley looked better last week that that's a big selling point for me. Um, again, I thought the giants were going to lose that game. So I'm, I'm, you know, I'm feeling a little bit better about them now than I was a week ago. Uh, you know, again, I mean, Minnesota's 10 and 0 in one score games. So it's like, if this is a close game, if it is a three point game, I, I like Minnesota to win straight up and just keep this ridiculous run of luck going. Uh, their, their point differential is plus two right now. Uh, at one point it was what minus 31 uh, midway through that game last Saturday. It's just, just a, one of the the more puzzling teams uh, in recent memory, but yeah, I'm on Minnesota uh, to win and, and Giants to cover. Uh, what about that total at 48? Uh, give me the under. If I if I like the Giants, uh, I don't like it in a shootout, so I, I will take the the under in this spot as well. All right, we talked we talked Bengals Pats, we we talked Texans Titans, Commanders Niners. Let's get to Eagles Cowboys. Yeah, this uh, might be I, the game of the week. It really might. There, there are not a ton of game of the week candidates. Uh, I think Packers Dolphins, given the implications, has to be up there. Um, yeah, I, I just love watching the Bengals, so that's always like a game of the week for me. Um, the, the true game of the week, though, might be on Thursday night, uh, as I, I continue uh, to allude <laughs> to that. Uh, Eagles Cowboys, Eagles six point dogs at Dallas, uh, total sitting at forty six and a half at BetMGM. We know the reason for this. Uh, my question to you is: Is this an overcorrection? It's, it's, it's a simple question. It's the question that everybody's going to ask. Uh, when it comes to this game, but the downgrade from Jalen Hurts to Gardner Minshew, how do you feel about this? Um, it, I mean, it's obviously a downgrade that, you know, there's so many different threats that, that Jalen Hurts poses, and he's been way sharper as, as a passer uh, this year, really continues to improve in that facet of his game. But I I love Gardner Minshew in these little one-off spots. I, I think this is like the, the perfect kind of tailor-made moment for him. Now the Eagles are, are big underdogs. Uh, relative to where the spread would have been if Hertz was playing, I I I not only like the Eagles to cover. This feels like it. The Cowboys can absolutely lose this game. I I, uh, yes, I do not tr- I do not trust them at all. Really, um, that there's the highs are extremely high for them, but the lows are very very concerning, and they've been happening a little bit more frequently of late. You know, barely escaping against Houston, blowing it last week against Jacksonville. Um, yeah, I think. I think that, you know, if if not for Dallas needs to be happy that Minnesota exists, because I think they'd be getting the the fraud word tossed at them a little bit more than than they are. Um, So I I think that the the Cowboys can absolutely lose this one. And I don't think that, you know, the the shape of the offense will look a lot different with with Minshew. But I I think that in all, like the offense will still be almost as effective, really. I think I think that Sirianni and company really are going to have this one dialed up. Uh, I hope Minshew is wearing the cool leather jacket again. Um, I, I know it's very Reddit, but I do love Gardner Minshew. I mean, we're, we're mustache guys, yeah. so we got to we got to band together. I don't know if I'm cool enough to pull off aviators like like he can, but um, beyond that, uh, I, I'm in on Minshew. I'm 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 a big Minshew guy, so get, give me the Eagles. Yeah, I mean, as you can see, I'm now a former mustache guy. I, I, yeah, I got what rid happened? of it. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It was just time. It was time. Uh, Holidays it goes, goes in cycles. It's like it's like a like a bird like molting or, or like a snake shedding its skin. Mm-hmm. Uh, you just kind of got to reset every now and then. Uh, this game is really, really tricky to be at six. I actually love Philadelphia to cover. I, I think, you know, like the, the first Eagles Cowboys game, you know, the, the, that was a, that was a Cooper rush game, I believe. Right. 
Yes. Yeah. So I, I think, you know, I, I think, I think if you're a Dallas fan, you've been clinging to this belief that like, Oh, we're, we're actually better than Philly. You know, we didn't get a fair chance at him. We'll beat him with Dak. I think Philly's aware of that. And I, I think Philly's still like, this is not just a rollover game because it's Gardner Minshew and you know, Gardner Minshew's not treating it that way. Uh, I, the big thing to me is how much do they miss Jalen hurts on the ground? Uh, I mean, he's carried 16 or more times in three of the last five games. He's got seven touchdowns in that span. So like taking that away from the offense is huge. Like I, I, we're not going to act like going from Hertz to Minshew is just a lateral move because it's not. But I, I do think like one of the, the, the sneaky props that I've been looking into is the over on AJ Brown, Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard, who's back for this game uh, receptions, or if you could find targets even, because I think, you know, you take away those 15 to 17 carries from Jalen Hurts, those aren't just going to be handed to Miles Sanders. I, I think, you know, at least half of those probably become passes. So I think this could be a game where we see a little bit more of a, a pass-oriented offense for the Philadelphia Eagles. I, I think they'll be able to adjust here. And, you know, the Cowboys have a, a ton of injuries on defense right now. Uh, I, I think Dallas wins this game, but I, I really like Philadelphia to hang around and, and try to kind of make a point here that even without Jalen Hurts, we're still the better team. Yeah, I, I think they're, they're ready to, to prove that point. And, you know, that that's – I'm very excited for that game. It is too bad that, that we don't get Jalen Hurts in this one so we get the full strength Eagles. But even still, you know, there, there's something Minshew can can bring it. You know, he's not a franchise guy, of course, or anything like that. But I, I think this is the type of spot that, that's tailor made for him. I think that the, he, he keeps this one very competitive. And again, I wouldn't be surprised if the Eagles go in and win outright. Raiders at Steelers uh, for like the 15th week in a row. It feels like the Raiders are in like another 50-50 game. It's like every, every team that comes up on their schedule, you're like, oh my God, I, I, I have no idea what's going to happen here. Uh, obviously last week took the cake uh, with how that game ended. We, we don't need to get into that. Uh, I, I, you know, I've, I've heard a lot of people talk about, you know, like the, the, the kind of after effects of a emotional win, a crazy win like that, you know, is there some sort of like, you know, kind of correction coming you get so emotionally charged after that. I, I don't really want to factor that into my evaluation too much. Uh, Pittsburgh two and a half point favorites here, by the way, 38 and a half is the total. This is another game where you're going to be dealing with weather. Uh, this is a night game on Saturday. So we're looking at, you know, borderline Arctic conditions. It's going to be under 10 degrees, real temperature with the wind. Uh, going to be close to zero, you know, steady winds of about 16 miles per hour. That's the expectation uh, on Saturday night in Pittsburgh. To me, that dramatically plays in the Steelers' favor. But at the same time, the Raiders might have the best running back in the league right now. So, it, you know, it, I think they're more well-equipped than they would have been in years past to, to handle a game like this. But with that said, at two and a half, I, I like the Steelers at home. That's fair. I mean, there you can come up with any number of reasons to to bet against the Raiders, and you're, you're probably not going to get a ton of pushback. But I feel like in this spot, I've the, the Steelers, I think their reputation of being like this really hard-nosed te- team is like a little bit overblown, at least for, for this year's iteration. And I feel like if we're in a situation where the Raiders – are essentially getting dared to just run Josh Jacobs. I think they'll gladly take that. And I think they can absolutely move the ball on the ground against the Steelers run defense. I don't, I don't think the linebacking core is particularly strong. Um, you know, you're going to have to crap, you know, start crowding the box. If you do that, Devonta Adams still exists. Um, so I, I feel like this is actually a, a spot where I do like the Raiders. I, I know those conditions are, are foreign to them. They're, they're, I, I am concerned about that. I'd be lying if I said I wasn't. But I, I like the Raiders and, and the over in this one because I do feel like Pittsburgh, for their own part, even if it's not pretty, I think that they can help carry the weight and, and get to like, you know, 17, between 17 and 23 points in this one and, and help us hit the, hit the over. 
as well. So give me the Raiders and the over. Okay. Yeah. We're going to agree to disagree on this one, but this sure. will be, you know, if we're, if we're talking, you know, we kind of like to relate this back to like a pick em league. Like this is my one game for sure mm-hmm. this week. And there are a few candidates that's saying, that's saying more this week than it would in other weeks, because there, there are plenty of other games, you know, Broncos Rams for sure is in that territory for me. Um, if we're just talking straight up winners, uh, I mean, Jags jets to me, that's a toss up game, but yeah, this is probably the game that I'm, I'm least confident in because like you said, I mean, the, the Raiders, they, they have the quick strike ability on offense that Pittsburgh doesn't. And if Pittsburgh, I, I think Pittsburgh can run the ball on the Raiders and getting P- Kenny Pickett back. Like I know he hasn't been fantastic this year, but to me, that, that's actually a big deal because I think Mitch Trubisky is so turn, uh, turnover prone uh, that just kind of eliminating that from the equation is big. Kenny Pickett being able to scramble around, like we know he's comfortable in these conditions. So if it was Trubisky, I, I think I would maybe be on the other side, but, but getting Pickett back to me is, is kind of a, a, a slightly underrated storyline for Pittsburgh this week. No, it, it absolutely is. Pitt, Pickett, at least at the, he plays a competent brand of football. Yeah. It's not particularly showy, flashy, what what have you. But um, I, I feel, I, I mean, it's just a, it's night and day between him and Trubisky at this point. So he he definitely gives them a, a fighting chance. And you know, I could, I wouldn't be shocked if you know the Steelers go ahead and, and win this one outright. But I, I will give the the lean to the Raiders even still. All right, we got a couple games to get to. Uh, the the standalone game in the Sunday afternoon window, Broncos Rams. Uh, this is going up against Bucks Celtics, by the way. Uh, so if you're an NBA fan, Ooh. I would maybe steer you in that direction. Uh, but the Broncos two and a half point favorites at the LA Rams. Low total, of course, thirty six and a half. Despite this game being played indoors, uh, Russell Wilson going to be back for the Denver Broncos. I. I Given you know like the the stretch that he put together immediately before the concussion, I, I think this is you know a, a bigger deal than maybe it would have been a few weeks ago. I was actually fairly encouraged by what we saw from Wilson really for the first time all year. Cortland Sutton also back at practice. That's big for Denver. Um, I mean, this both of these teams are capable to lo- of losing to anybody on any week, so I, I certainly don't feel strongly about it. But uh, I'm on Denver at two and a half. Yeah, my my thinking here was, was simply. Whoever's getting points, I'll side with them. Uh, it feels okay. so. You know, obviously the the Rams like had a chance to to cover um, at least for for part of that game on on Monday night. Um, obviously, weren't able to, to recapture the the magic from from that Raiders game. Um, but I don't know. I f- I feel like the the Rams are still kicking around, still still a little bit feisty. I know that Russ is back, and and yeah, like you said, the last time we saw him, he actually looked good for like the first time all season, so that that's certainly a concern. Uh, Jalen Ramsey looking like he's playing at a high level. You know, wouldn't blame him at this stage for for kind of phoning it in. Doesn't look like he is still still being a dog out there. Um, so I'll just – I'll take the Rams. I'm not feeling great about it, but all of a sudden, like I'm, I'm – in a game that should have very little watchability interest, like – suddenly I'm very interested in this one because it backing the Rams is just such like a, it's like, it's so gross that it makes you feel alive. And and that's what I'm chasing on Christmas, baby. Uh, yeah. You're going to have plenty of opportunities to chase that this week. I'll tell you that much. Um, I, I look, you, I, I think I, I'm totally on board with the logic of just take the team that's getting points here. I, I think that's, that's fine. I'll tell you I'm on an Island in staff picks. I was the only one on Denver to cover this game. I mean, anytime you're backing Denver by yourself, that that really makes you think twice. That guys, was, that was guys. Alarming. Yeah, right. It's like once once Thorne put that article up and I saw it, I was like, oh no, oh no, uh, this, this could be disastrous. So um, yeah, certainly not offering a, a strong endorsement of the Denver Broncos. Uh, we, we talked Bucks Cardinals. That's the Sunday night game. That brings us to Monday night football. Chargers, Colts. Chargers, four and a half point favorites 
on the road here at the Joseph Adai Dome. Uh, 45 and a half is our total. I will say this. I feel better about the Colts with Nick Foles than I would if they were still starting Matt Ryan. Yeah. Hell yes. Absolutely. Um, so, I, I mean, obviously we, we were talking about the, the effects on Minnesota, um, but Indianapolis is the team that ended up losing that game, blowing that jet, you know, colossal, uh, historic lead in Minnesota. So you, you wonder about the, the after effects of that. But again, they're making the switch at quarterback. I think that helps things. I think Foles, you know, similar to Minshew, well suited to, to you know, c- come in as, as a little stopgap uh, once or twice a season. Um, and I feel like the Chargers, I mean, I, as good as Justin Herbert is, I, I feel like the coaching staff kind of just like takes the legs out from under this team so It's so in so many key spots. You almost give Jeff Saturday the coaching advantage in, in this one, which is okay, hilarious okay. to say. <laughs> I'm not going that far. Look, I am not a Brendan Staley supporter. I, I wouldn't go that far. Let's, let's, let's be reasonable here. All right. All right. I'm, I'm trying to be, but, um, you know, it, it, it's, it's getting late early here. Um, so, uh, I, I probably said too much there, but at the same time, um, yeah, I feel like Indianapolis with more than a field goal to kick around with, I, I'm on Indy. Look, the, the Colts have overperformed, I think, uh, really since the the firing of, of Frank Reich. I think they've had two or three games now. Uh, you think about that Eagles game, obviously the Raiders game in Saturday's debut. Um they, they've been frisky, and I think this defense is is a little bit underrated, especially the secondary has played well. Stephon Gilmore has had a monster year. Uh, I, I just I, – I, I think the Chargers had like a semi-letdown game on offense last week. Again, I, I thought they were going to be able to throw the ball all over Tennessee. They didn't. I, I think that comes around this week, you know, playing in a dome again. That, that obviously suits Justin Herbert. Um, you know, Herbert, 7-4 and four ATS in night games, if that tickles your fancy at all. So I'm, I'm on the Chargers here. I, I, I just think – on, on the whole, when Keenan Allen and Mike Williams are, are, are available for this offense, it, it's just it's a completely different beast. And that was not the case last week. I understand that uh, against Tennessee. But, um, you know, I mean, the Colts, this is a, just an awful spot, right? Coming off of what happened last week. It, that, that's just a how do you pick yourself up type of game. Uh, mm-hmm. So I, I actually feel fairly confident about the Chargers here, which, again, it is the Chargers. I, I know what I'm saying. I'm, I'm probably walking directly into a trap, but uh, this is going to be a, a, a agree to disagree spot for us. Uh, John. We got about eight minutes left here. Let's get okay. to our parlays and the teaser of the week. I'll let you lead it off with your favorite parlay of week 16. Okay, so th- this one, it's not a, a full afternoon delight, but I, I got three uh, spreads to throw your way. Um, one is the Chiefs minus 10. Uh, the next is Bengals minus three and a half. And rounding it out, Eagles plus six. So that that Ooh. those three all together, that'll give you a nice little plus 596. Um, we love that. So we love getting almost six, six to one returns. That's where I'm heading as far as my parlay goes. Okay. I like it a lot. I am going Titans money line. I'm going Bengals money line and I'm going Detroit minus two and a half at Carolina. That gets you to plus three sixty one. Uh, you know, we're not talking wild value there, uh, but you know, over three and a half to one, we'll take that. Uh, I am most concerned of course, uh, about that Detroit minus two and a half on the road. Sure, sure. That, that makes sense. Again, you know, Carolina can be tough, you know, last week notwithstanding. Um, and, you know, the Lions have played – they've been running so hot against the spread of late. You know, you, you do wonder if, the, if that uh, comes comes to a correction here. But, uh, you know, still, I like the money lines that, that you chose to kind of build it out. And then, you know, uh, of, of the other numbers to play around with, I feel like the Lions minus two and a half, even on the road, 
I, I think that you got a solid little set up there. All right, give me your underdog parlay. Okay, so these are two money lines. Okay. Um, give me Indianapolis and give me Philly. Oh. Those two, give them to me, plus 764. Okay, okay. Colts are at home. Look, I, I said I like the Chargers, but I'm not going to fight you too hard on that one. Uh, you know, one of the greatest coaches of all time, apparently, and Jeff Saturday <laughs> uh, going up against maybe the worst coach ever and Brandon Staley. Yes. Uh, and then, yeah, I mean, we talked about the Eagles. Uh, it's still a, a very winnable game. Like, what do I... Would I say, like, absolutely lock it up, Eagles are winning? No, but I, I think this is going to be a much more competitive game, I think, than the line and, and the quarterback switch would imply. And again, getting Dallas Goddard back, that is huge. That's huge. I feel like that's going completely undercovered uh, when discussing this game. My dog parlay, I'm involving the Eagles as well. Uh, I'm taking their spread, though. Eagles plus six, Giants plus four at Minnesota, and the Bears plus eight and a half at home against the Bills. That gets you to just under plus 600, plus 595 over at BetMGM. So we love that. And, you know, I'm in the great state of Maryland right now. I cannot wait to fire up my BetMGM app and throw the throw all these in. Uh, not only am I trusting myself and putting my money where my mouth is, uh, I'm also going to be tailing one Nick Whalen uh, th- okay. this weekend. I'm very excited about it. Dangerous, dangerous thing to do. I'll tell you that. But <laughs> I appreciate the support. Uh, let's get to the teaser of the week. Uh, last week, Man, the, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs of all teams let us down. We had a six-and-a-half-pointer. We teased the Eagles down to two-and-a-half. That was golden. We teased the Bills down to a half. They just had to win, and they did. And we teased, we teased excuse me, the Kansas City Chiefs from 14 down to seven-and-a-half. I, I thought we were building in you know, a ton of insurance there. I know seven-and-a-half is not exactly your ideal teaser number, but I thought the Chiefs were winning that game by at least 10 points, uh, wanted to avoid the 14, and boy, uh, that, that one was dead in the water, it felt like, right away. Yeah, no, it, it was. That, that was obviously, you know, it, are they going to show up? Are the, are the Texans, are they capable of, of you know, playing the, the David to the Goliath two weeks in a row? Clearly they were again, but we, you know, we, we, I don't know if we ever fully really decided where we are on the, on the, on the Texans for, for this week. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, that they, uh, they certainly bowed up against the chiefs and it was fairly surprising, but I, I, were we, but, no, you were on the Chiefs, obviously. I was on the I Texans, on the but I, I felt I felt gross about it. But, I mean, it, it worked. I know. I'm dumb. I was on the Chiefs. I was. Uh, all right. So, this week, we're going with a seven-pointer, plus 140. Okay. Uh, we were involving the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, where we're going to tease down to a half a point. They just got a win on the road at the Cardinals. We are going to involve uh, a pair of seven-point spreads here. Uh, so, we're just kind of basically making this a, a, a win straight up. Uh, we are teasing the Baltimore Ravens down uh, to just to pick them. They have to beat the Atlanta Falcons at home. And we are teasing the 49ers down to a pick them as well uh, against the Washington Commanders. So again, that gets you to plus 140. Tampa has to win. The Ravens have to win. The 49ers have to win. I'm not involving any of these these points that, that people want to talk about. Yeah, whatever those are, I'm not interested. Just give me winners. <laughs> give me winners. You got three winners right there. Yeah, I, I think, look, if, you, if you're looking for teasers, like maybe maybe you want to involve the Colts, you know, tease them up. Uh, you could get them to up like 11 and a half if, if you want to throw them mm. into a seven pointer. Uh, you could tease totals as well if you're interested. Like I, I'm looking at uh, maybe involving uh, that that uh, Brown Saints total. You know, you could tease that up to 39 and a half. Take the under there yeah. or yeah. or feel wild and t- tease it down to 25 and <laughs> take, <laughs> take the, the under. under. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, again, if you if you want to tail us, if you want to go against us, that's what I would advise. Uh, you mm-hmm. can do that at betmgm.com, betmgm app. Make sure you use that promo code, betroto, 
for that first uh, risk-free initial bet. John, it's time. Let's lock it up. Who are you going with this week? Minshew Mania. Eagles plus six. I love it. I, like you said, Goddard being back, that, that adds another threat there. They're going to be throwing the ball a lot more, testing uh, that that banged-up secondary for, for Dallas. As long as they can mitigate that pass rush, feel good about it. And I, I feel like the, the Cowboys, they are absolutely on upset watch uh, as far as the money line is concerned. But for best bet purposes, I'll just take the, take the spread, take the points, give me plus six on Philly. You know what, John? I was going to go Bengals three and a half. Screw it. I'm, I'm telling you, we're going Eagles six. We're going with a double lock. It worked for us a couple of weeks ago with the Bengals. Why not? Let's do it. It's Christmas. All right. We need to manifest this. Let's make it happen. Eagles plus six, double lock this week. They're, Brothers in it. arms. We love it. Love to see it. All right. That'll do it for this week. Best of luck. Again, if you're betting, do it over at betmgm.com, the betmgm app. Please, please use that promo code. It's very important. Bet Roto, B-E-T-R-O-T-O. Happy holidays. Enjoy the week. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.